1: What is up everybody? It is Wake Up War Chant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill Tallahassee, Florida coming up on today's show. Some timely news that we got to get to. But then the Renegade Express, big long show. Buckle in everybody. Warchant.com is the ultimate small sports source. Wake Up War Chant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. CPtallybart.com is the website. As always, though, you can pull out your phone, open up your camera, take a photo of that QR code. You don't even have to hit Snap on it. Just boom, it'll take you right to the website. The URL will pop up. You can check out the website for daily lunch specials as well as a social calendar, if you will. Lots of football this weekend. NFL variety. If you're going to watch it in Tallahassee, watch it at the Corner Pocket Bar Grill. Maybe shoot some pool, throw some darts at halftime. Keep yourself occupied as well as the family. Warchant.com ultimate sample sports source. Thumbs up if you're listening to us on YouTube. Five star rating and review on the Apple devices. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to the website again. Twenty nine ninety nine takes you from right now up until September first. Can't beat it. Well, but you could have beat it for a dollar. Mm. We told you. We told you. Uh, but you know, not a bad consolation prize, if you will. Corey Clark's here is everybody as well. Corey, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy.
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been a week. Mm. We're we're almost through it. Uh, Stephanie and I are taking a little trip. Uh, it's a bummer. We love our Friday nights at Corner Pocket. We won't be able to do it tonight, though, mm. um, because we'll be in West Palm Beach watching uh, one of our favorite comedians, uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Uh, oh. Stephanie is a birthday present for me. Uh, or not. Sorry. It was a Christmas present for me. Okay. Um, from Stephanie. So uh, we're still working on my Christmas present to her, but it's still in, it's in the works, everyone. I'm really? A great, uh, Come
1: on. You... you... Waited forever for one of her birthday gifts, the Pearl Jam thing, and now you haven't gotten her Christmas gift, and we're creeping towards February. Come on, man. Well,
0: I, the the gift is I'll go. I'm going on a cruise with her. But oh, she, okay. She, it, it, she, well, not go. I'm. You know, it's, it's my gift to her. It's not like me just saying, "Hey, you can pay for me to go on a cruise." Right, right, right. But she's got to pick the dates and everything. Mm. So and where we're going. But yeah, so uh, so we'll be in uh, West Palm, but we'll be back th- uh, later on this weekend, and uh, yeah,
1: we'll probably be at Quarter Pocket doing our thing. Good luck Stephanie. Good luck finding dates that don't conflict with a sports writer who covers a team that's really popular and it's a website, so you have to do something every single minute, every single day, every single week, month. The
0: beauty though is like we could probably go ahead and book it for like one of the NCAA tournament weekends. <laughs> don't think we're gonna be worrying too yeah. much about that. Yeah. But uh hey, at least Baba Miller got to play. Mm, so got right. to see him. Got to make him he he made his debut.
1: Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to everybody's question. We're going to try. Uh, we really are. But we got like 29 questions. I've bundled them up. Mm. And then we got a whole bunch of real newsy stuff that's happened. Yeah. I guess I'll start with the most timely of it. Uh, Clemson fired their offensive coordinator, Brandon Streeter. They went and hired Garrett Riley. I know we're not wake up Tigers, but it does somewhat affect us tangentially here in Tallahassee. Dabo, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'd rather him do that than stop than start hopping in the portal. Go ahead, change chefs. I think you need better ingredients in Clemson. So I'm not all that threatened by it. But interesting to see him maybe feel threatened by what's going on in Tallahassee and do a pretty bold move, and that's get rid of a guy that had been kind of raised through the ranks there in Clemson and get rid of him and go for Garrett Riley, who was the OC at TCU. If you're wondering, Clemson was 30th in scoring offense, averaging 33.2 points per game, 48th in yards. TCU, meanwhile... 27th in yards with 455 yards a game ninth in scoring offense 38.6 so he he
0: was the he was the OC at TCU correct yeah. so it'll be air raid esque Mm. ish okay they're right uh, hey credit to dabo man right like uh not too stubborn to realize there's a problem
1: um yeah, but you this can't isn't look the around... way to solve it this isn't the way to solve it i'm happy though but yeah i don't well, get i mean
0: maybe problem. yeah but th- uh, clearly he had made a bad hired oc that that was not working out uh they went into the tank really uh these last two years they were awful i mean they had a championship level defense especially two years ago in 2021 but their offense was terrible um, and it wasn't much better this year. It was better, but it wasn't much better. And when you look around the country and you see what Georgia and Clemson's on that podium, right? Yeah. We clip with Georgia and Ohio state and Alabama, where they think they are. And their offense was just not good enough the last two years. So credit to him. And that goes back to maybe the guy that was here when Florida state was awesome. Maybe not making those kind of changes. I don't know that Dabo has Dabo ever fired anyone, but. Man, you gotta yeah, you gotta think. take hold of your program. So good good for him. Because 10 wins is good, right? You could look and say, hey, we won 10 games. We were really close to winning 12. It's not like we got blown out. Um, but he it wasn't good enough for him. So I mean again, I'm not I hope they trust me, I hope Clemson goes five and seven hmm. next year. I'm not rooting for Clemson, but it's good to see somebody when they realize there's a problem, kind of get rid of it pretty quickly. And look, you're right, it might it, it might be the ingredients more than the cook. Uh, what he, But still, try to make a change. Don't just sit there and be stubborn about it. So, all right.
1: Probably fired Kevin Steele when he brought in Venables, and I don't know what he did mm. before Chad. Morris. I think
0: though, yeah, that's right. Wasn't Kevin Steele's last game there the West Virginia yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. he Gave game. up seven, 70 points. Yeah, yeah, that prob Yeah, good point.
1: Um, Tate Rodemaker. Rumors yes. of his demise greatly exaggerated, or not greatly exaggerated, rather. Um, uh, shout out battles end. Yeah. Uh, they inked. Locked Do you think up they Tate? listened
0: to the show and yeah. were like, you know, that's a pretty good point. We we probably need to lock up Rodemaker. <laughs> I, I think that's what it was. But yeah, I saw that. I saw that driving down to Tallahassee on mm. Thursday. I'm like, okay, there you go. All right, you you basically
1: wrapped them all up now, right? Yeah, that's that's important. That's that's a really important insurance policy. So good to see that happen. I and mean, I'm happy for Tate too. I mean, you know, listen, man, they signed AJ Duffy two three weeks ago and yeah. i don't know man these these are human beings if Corey signed a contract extension award chant to do a podcast and i wasn't getting a contract extension i'd probably be a little bit nervous uh so yeah, rightfully glad, so so i'm glad tate was able to get that uh settled so shout out to him shout out to the uh, the collective malik McLean, he gone mm. yep. uh, good night sweet prince you know, we talk, We didn't talk about it, but it's been posted on the board, social media. Obviously, he started nine games in 2021, only three games this past year. Uh, Darion Williamson, uh, Kentron Portier, and then also, obviously, Johnny Wilson, Winston Wright, Micah Pittman, uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. There's just a Hi- lot. Hakeem Williams. Hakeem Williams, yeah. Uh, they like Vandravius Jacobs. They like Goldie Lawrence. You know, all these three guys that they signed in this incoming class, Mike Norvell said are guys that they think can, can compete and produce immediately. So... Maybe Auburn's in the play for him there with uh, Hugh Freeze trying to make things anew on the Plains, but uh, somebody had to leave and Malik kind of uh, in some sort of way stepped up and maybe helped everybody else out by making that decision.
0: Well, yeah, that's one way to look at it. But, yeah, I think somebody on headlines asked this, the over under one and a half for receivers uh, entering the portal. And this was before uh, Malik McClain announced, and I went over immediately. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think he's the last one, Um, but – I just think there's a lot of bodies there, man. You go into next season with, uh, you know, Micah Pittman, Winston Wright, Johnny Wilson, Kentron Portier, and and I was, I was intrigued by the Oklahoma game. He didn't have a good game, but it was pretty clear they wanted to make Darian Williamson a part of something, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like they look at his potential and think, and maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe it's just me reading into it uh, too much, trying to read between the lines that aren't there. They like his future maybe more than the other guys, the, the other younger guys in quotes um, on the roster. And they really tried to like force feed him the ball and get him on the field. Um, didn't do much, but you know, he, he, it's his first game back from what six or seven weeks uh being hurt or six and seven ga- six or seven games he missed after the boston college game but i think darian williamson's a big part of their future or they think he is yep. and portier had a nice season so you could be malik mcclain and look like okay they they seem to really like 21. Uh, 88 had a nice season 14's coming back once 14 announced he was coming back um, i we can all understand malik mcclain wanting to be like okay well let me I, it's not like there's any, any animosity here but I want to go catch some passes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the seventh receiver. I want to be the third receiver or the number one receiver. And I think coming into next season, and he's got potential. We all see that. Um, but I would say going into next season, especially if Hakeem Williams is the is the real deal, Malik McLean was going to be, I don't know, six or seven,
1: five, six, somewhere in that neighborhood. And he, he probably wants to be one or two somewhere. Yeah. Great. I mean, he started the opener. It's crazy. But I, I do think Darion brings a little bit more – excitement, explosiveness uh, yeah. out wide for them. So I, I think they probably made the right pick here. Now, Darion did get injured in a senior of high school, and that's why he really kind of uh, was brought along slowly here the past two seasons and finally got right and then got hurt again. So, But it's worth taking a chance, if you will, and in, in investing in him because you do like what you have with Johnny and your front-line guys like Winston Wright. And yeah. it's just worth having Darion around because if he stays healthy, you'll like what you have from him. Because, but I also
0: uh, wouldn't categorize it as they chose one or the other. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that they went to. Uh, well,
1: I mean, Malik you said they said, kind
0: of—they're force feeding him to get him. No, to I into think they—they you know? they definitely wanted to like. I I don't know if maybe they were worried about him leaving, hmm. and like, hey man, we really like you. We're gonna run some plays for you. We promise you got a you got a spot. But they threw a deep ball to McLean too that he he could have caught. He maybe yeah, didn't. Man. I don't know. It was seemed like a good throw. was
1: PBU, but yeah. I
0: got uh, you're right. Yeah, but um, RPI. Who knows, man? Come on. <laughs> Malik McLean should be getting those calls. But I, I don't I don't think Florida State, the Florida State coaches were like, all right, yeah, Malik's gone. I just think it's a nice like, okay, we understand. We're also not gonna probably be wiping our tears no. for the next two hours because we've got guys behind you. Like, I don't think it was either or necessarily like, okay, we're choosing Darian over you. It's just that like you said, I think maybe Malik saw the right, maybe Malik saw, saw it better than Darian did. Maybe Darian, has more confidence in himself to be a big time player next year. I don't
1: know. Yeah, always weird to talk about these because I don't want to be the guy that's like, yeah, he's leaving, but it's okay. I don't want to diminish the guy, but yeah. Well, so. but it's
0: like same. It's kind of Trey ish right? Not yeah. quite to the same level because Trey Sean did more in college. Trey was more of a productive player, but I think we all understand with the way the twenty twenty three roster is built that you can't keep all these guys happy. Mm. It was too crowded. Both those rooms are too crowded. And I think it probably does some, I think it in the end, with Sean leaving, as good a teammate as he was, and as good a player as he was, I think it probably makes for a little more harmonious offense. Mm. And I think with Malik McLean, the same thing. Malik McLean would be going into his third year, uh, kind of a money year. And he's, he's getting better. Like he's a 6'4 kid that can run, and he's made some really tough catches in his career at Florida State. But how harmonious is it going to be if he's in the seventh week of the season and has five catches
1: mm.
0: or nine catches? So, you know, you, you kind of, it's not addition by subtraction because that makes it sound like they're malcontents Yeah. or the, yeah. It, it's, I don't mean it like that, but you, you can't have, you, you really can't have too many in a room where all of a sudden there's a little bit of bickering, there's animosity, there's jealousy, there's pettiness, all that stuff can come into play a little bit, mm. especially when you're third year in a system. Yeah. So. You know, Sean leaving, um, Malik leaving, it's definitely better for them because I think they're going to get more opportunities. I also don't think there's a lot of animosity. I don't think there's any ill will or or, um, bridges being burned. But it might end up being better for Florida State, too, in the offense because it's going to be more guys.
1: It's going to be less guys unhappy. Happened on Tuesday, became official yesterday. Patrick Sertan, new defensive backs coach for Florida State, most recently defensive Mm. assistant for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, eight nine years at American Heritage High School, four of them I think, four or five of them as head football coach, three state championships. Yeah, lots of lots of explosive, productive players have come through American Heritage and are still out there. Everybody, maybe they will under the portal, maybe that'll help. Uh,
0: I noticed that. Did you do that? Like, or did you read that? So, like, as soon as I saw that he was coming, I'm like, man, he was at American Heritage for six years as the head coach and won a bunch of state titles. Let me go through the the old rankings and see yeah. how, like the old Florida like the state of Florida high school rankings yeah. and see how many of those American heritage guys were big time players and what do you know? Yeah. There were quite a few of them. Quite a few DBs actually that are only one or two years into their college careers and you know maybe want to come play for their former head high school coach. Yeah.
1: No college coaching experience, I don't care. I think it's a mm. great hire. Corey, your thoughts. Yeah.
0: I do too. I think uh you you look man, you have I don't know what what else would you want from that position, Coach. You've got a guy that clearly knows the position. He played in the league for 11 years at a high level. He's a three time or four time Pro Bowler. Um, he he also has he has a ton of connections in South Florida and has coached a bunch of really good players. Like I don't. He's from New Orleans know. as
1: well too, so that's another good place. Man, to you're not lying.
0: That's two fertile fertile grounds, yeah. and the name matters. His kid is it's not. His kid isn't, uh, you know, James Sertain. His kid has the exact same name as in a, and I think he's a pro bowler this year. Yep. And he's a, he was a first round pick two years ago. So the Sertain name rings out among defensive backs in this country. He's also from South Florida. I I don't know what you would want out of that position more. Like what more would you want out of that position other than maybe being a Florida State guy? But who, I mean, it does, Mike Norbell is not a Florida State guy. Like, I, I think that's a that's about as a home run a hire as you can get for what you need from that position that position clearly needs to coach it and be able to coach it know it know the technique but also has to be able to recruit my man won three state championships at American heritage, which is basically Miami, uh, I think it's plantation. It's a suburb of Miami yeah. it's South Florida. Um, he's got all the connections you would want down there. I, I don't know what else you could want from that position. It is a recruiting position. But it's also an important position to teach and guys want to go learn from dudes that have been there and have been in the league you're talking about an 11-year veteran of the nfl whose kid was the number nine overall pick two years ago and he was just at an nfl job here most recently yes you know I, i just think i i i just think if you were looking for boxes to check on that position coach i think he checks them all name recognition high school uh you know recruiting ability um, his name rings out in South Florida. His name rings out across the country for de- defensive backs. I mean, that's his, that's that's a really, really strong hire in my opinion. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans.
1: To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh,
0: come on! Raph, are you serious? Get- Classes. Terrible
1: call. Now I take
0: my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's too. It's tradition.
1: We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chan. It's only a kick. A jump. A block.
0: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
1: You got this. Adidas. All right, let's get to it. the Renegade Express. Lots of questions. This is going to be the Georgia portion of the show. We got three of them, so let me kind of figure a way to weave Hmm. them all together here, Corey. A guy in uh, Hawaii, Ralph, Spartan 071. Aloha, guys. How is it? UGA impressive they've got a ton of NFL talent on their roster so the mindset this week around war chant seems to be yeah we can hold our own but we'd probably lose by 17 or so but having recently watched talented guys like Ward and McLean leave and high level guys entering the program I wonder how many guys and at what positions are we away from having a real shot at beating Georgia then our guy uh Noel 2 basically wants to know about uh, the comparisons between Stetson Bennett and Chris Winkie. Everyone calling Stetson an old man. What would it be like mm-hmm. if Winkie was around this time of age with social media? Would people have been harping on his age? And then our guy Mark in Naples was a little bit curious, a little bit dubious about Kirby's final top 25. He does get a vote on the coaches poll. He yeah. put Florida State 18th. Oregon State, Tulane, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oregon, LSU, K-State. I mean, a whole bunch of teams ahead of FSU. What's with that? That's kind of a joke and an embarrassment to his obligation as a voter. Feel free to Mm. pick apart, or not pick apart, but rather uh, explore any sort of aspect. I think when it comes to Ralph asking about, you know, how many guys are transferring in and out, are we away from having a real shot at beating Georgia? If you have an elite quarterback, probably elite running back, your wide receivers are close enough. I wonder if your offensive line is elite. To be able to hang with Georgia, I feel like the defensive line probably is to give Georgia's offensive line uh, a fit. But then linebacker and parts of your secondary might not quite be at that level, I feel like. So all offensive line, linebacker, and maybe just one other special defensive back would help turn the tide on that. But yeah, 17 probably not, you know, closer than uh, But 17. it's also
0: that's this team, that's the 2022 season. Um, I don't know. We we have no idea what Georgia's going to be in 2023. Clearly they're going to be good, but you're breaking in a new quarterback. Um you, you know, you're losing the best player in the country at defense, uh, the best defensive lineman in the country, uh and one of the best corners in the country. Now, you know, it's reload, not rebuild in Athens right now, but you never know, man. You, you there could be a speed bump in this particular Florida State team out of neutral site. I'm talking about 2023 with the 2023 Georgia team. You shouldn't be afraid of it. The, I, of course, Georgia would be favored. You'd have to play pretty well to win, but they're not going to be unbeatable. This isn't some unbeatable juggernaut. This isn't the, you know, the 95 Cowboys. Um, they they have, you 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 have enough talent now, old man talent, getting to the Chris Winkie, Stetson Bennett thing. Like Jordan Travis is gonna be what, 23? Yeah,
1: at least 24. I, I
0: mean, Fabian Lovett's gonna be 23. You have men on your team. Georgia's got some really good players that are going to make a lot of money playing football, but they're 19 or 20. You've got dudes that are 22 or 23 that have been in college football for four or five years. That is a big deal. That is a big deal. That's how you compete with Georgia. Their top end, their potential is vastly superior to pretty much everybody else. But they're not there as redshirt freshmen. They're not what they're going to be. That's when you get them. That's how Florida State's basketball team could go into Cameron and beat a bunch of five-star Duke basketball players because they had a bunch of 22-year-old men on their team. And they're playing really talented guys, but they're playing 19-year-olds. Or they're playing 18-year-olds. You know, it's Austin Rivers versus Luke Lauchs and Davis Dulkies. Well, they won that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I wouldn't shy away from that now, man. I don't think I the the difference is the program. But this particular Florida State team, I don't think it should be scared of any team in 2023. Yeah. You've got all the makings. Yes, you're not great at linebacker. You're good. You're a decent. Maybe you're not great at safety. You've got two dudes that have played a lot of football. Shaheen Brown, I think, could be a player. Hakeem Dentz played a lot of football. You might bring, be bringing in somebody else. And I would say, man, I was thinking about this today. Jared Verse, right now, is he a five-star talent? Yes. All right. What, what about Finchrell Cypress? Yes. Jordan Travis. Yes. Trey Benson. Yeah. That's four or five stars right there, plus Jeremiah Byers, Braden Fisk. Mm. I mean, if you're going by the portal rankings, those are five-star guys. Uh, Jaheem Bell, close. Johnny Wilson, close. I mean, you've got high four-star that maybe they're playing above what their high school rankings were, but Jordan Travis is a five-star player right now, so is Jared Verse. What were those guys ranked out of high school? They weren't Marvin Jones Jr. No. But they're both better than him right now. So, yeah, I, I, I think you, I know that was a long answer. Uh, but I, I think Florida State, uh, this one year, can compete with anyone in the country. The, and let's just focus on that because obviously 2024 is going to be a different whole different scenario. But I think in 2023, you should not be afraid of anyone the way this roster has been constructed.
1: Let's pivot and then come back to those other kind of two Georgia-related questions. GC underscore Noel, uh, long-time listener, first-time posting, currently in coming Georgia, right down the road from Corey, originally yep. from Hialeah. Uh, most famous people from my hometown are Casey of Casey and the Sunshine Band.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That uh, well. coming Georgia is where uh, uh, Shannon worked uh, for, for a good long while as a teacher. Well, not that long, let's be honest, but a few, a few years and. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, so in Hialeah, that's
1: the question. To the question we go, Uh, Corey, you mentioned you're not afraid of Georgia next year. Twenty twenty three. My comment. Oh, That's crazy. Did he just write this? Is he listening live? No, no. But it it kind of dovetails a little bit into his question here. I'm trying to do a decent segue. Um, Future football schedules. I've heard you guys say that, you know, you don't like the home and home matchups of some of these bigger teams like Alabama and Georgia. Uh, Corey being one of them says we should do away with these games. Uh, but now with our resurgence this year and the expansion to a 12-team playoff, Corey, do you now look forward to hosting the Tide in 2025, or do you still want those games removed from future schedules? Again, you got Bama in 25 and 26, Georgia 27 and 28. This resurgence here, I mean, I know 28's a long ways away. Yeah. Uh, even 25 maybe feels a little bit far away. But do you do you kind of reconsider your stance on those non-conference games now that we're seeing some real true fruits kind of pay off from of the hard work that Mike Norvell's done here. I am now. I was totally with you. I'm like, I don't want no part of those games. Now I'm like, well, you know what? Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think the 12 team playoff helps. Um, also, the fact that yeah, Florida State doesn't look like it would get embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, but when I was when I was complaining about those things, I was thinking that you know, there's a pretty good chance Florida State could be on a new coach in his second year, and you're playing Nick Saban. Mm. Awesome, what a wonderful way to start the season. But if Norvell's here in 2025 and he's got this thing rolling, then yeah, no, there's. There, I have no issue with it. Plus, you do get some runway now with the the the, play, the twelve team playoff, the expanded playoff. You're not going to get dinged at all for losing to Alabama. You're not going to get dinged at all for losing to Georgia. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's cool for the fans. It really is. Like I I think I have turned uh you know turned my opinion around on that. But you know, ask me again August of 2025, mm-hmm. and I might have a completely different uh, viewpoint.
1: On Stetson Bennett and Chris Winkie, I know social media wasn't around in 97, 8, 9, uh, 2000, Mm. but man, that was talked about a lot because I think the Stetson Bennett thing kind of creeps up on people. Like It has to be pointed out that, hey, man, he's this old, but everybody realized that Chris Winkie passed up going to college, tried to be a professional baseball player then pivoted to this career now in college. So it was it was a big part of the sort of conversation around him. So I don't think it would it, you know he'd been get he probably been more of a meme with Twitter had been around at that point but people definitely harped on his age.
0: Oh, absolutely and it was I think it's the reason he didn't win the Heisman by much more. I think he was I think people held it against him. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a talking point. It was a lot of articles written about it. Um, you'd have to go on microfilm to find them because it was from the nineties, but yeah, he got, you know, that he won the Heisman, but that was certainly something that was always brought up is that he's almost 30 years old. I think the difference though, is that, you know, Chris Winkie wasn't in college for seven years. Yeah, he was, he was in college for the normal amount of time. It's just, there was a gap of, what was it? Eight years. Where he, seven years, where he played minor league baseball. Six years, something like that, where he played minor league baseball. Stetson Bennett was in college the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the difference. But yeah, man, I, you know, um, I, I I saw somebody, tw- I think it was the four, uh, former Georgia DB. Uh, and he's he's 24 years old. Richard LeConte, I think is how you pronounce his name. He was yeah. really good there. He's like, because he was saying all this talk about Stetson Bennett. Chris Winkie won the Heisman at 28 years old, and nobody said a word about that. I'm like, what are you, high? <laughs> Yeah, they did, yeah. and you weren't alive, so exactly. how would you know? <laughs> no kidding, uh, they, it was a talking point every yeah. time he played. They brought up how old he was, because it was a, it was a, it was a unique story. They did the same thing a little to a lesser extent because he wasn't as good. Um, the Brandon Whedon kid at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, he he played base uh, minor league baseball for oh. four years, so he was an older guy when his last year at Oklahoma State. So, yeah, man, it's it's just an odd story. But look, Florida State's going to have one of the oldest quarterbacks in the country next year. I have to imagine. I don't know his exact birth date, but, again, won't Jordan be 24,
1: 23? He played college football in 2018, man. So if he was 18 then, you know, do the math. He's at least 23. He's 22. He was born in 2000, according to Wikipedia, but we don't have a day and date.
0: Okay, okay. So he'll be 23 at some point when he's playing. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's. I think you're going to see a lot more of it, gang.
1: And then on Kirby, the only thing I was going to say about his uh, poll – You know, maybe he doesn't, you know, he wants to lift up SEC teams and and have them ranked high, and then maybe not necessarily other teams he's going to uh, be competing against. But Clemson's a team, but maybe Clemson got ranked high because, you know, maybe he gives them some sort of, you've been around and done well for the last four or five years. But Oregon State, Tulane, Oregon, K State. You know Utah, Washington. You rank those teams ahead of Florida State because you're never going to really go heads up on a recruit with them. That's well, one thing true. I could think about. But maybe it's just he doesn't have a lot of respect for the ACC.
0: Well, and I, yeah, I think that's it. I also think it's not. None of those are like maybe outlandish. Like didn't Tulane finish twelve and two and beat USC? Like yeah. I, I probably would have ranked them ahead of Florida State. I honestly would have ranked Clemson ahead of Florida State. They had the same number of losses. And one team beat the other team.
1: No, oh, you wouldn't have not the way. Oh, they absolutely, I would have.
0: Really? Absolutely, I would. I mean, it's not like. And look, man, you guys know who I'm rooting for. You know who, who, where my bread is buttered. But it's not like Florida State rolled through their final two games of the season, and those two games were barely. Those two teams were barely bowl teams. Yeah. So it's awesome that they won six in a row. I'm truly fired up about this season coming up. But they had the same record as Clemson, and Clemson beat them. Like, all right, okay, you know what I mean, like. Yeah it's it, I and you're we're not talking about number four and number five maybe then I would have a different tune but when you're talking about ranking them ninth and 10th or 10th and 11th it's like all right and do, didn't by the way did Florida State finish 10th in the coaches poll? right yep yep hey so Kurt screw you Kirby didn't matter you could have ranked Florida State 100th
1: they're still top 10 baby uh, old Dad's an old wake up with the days of Coach Bowden's home visits long gone. Can you guys rank what you think drives high school recruiting these days? Now, these are the options he gave us. Is it their love of the school? Is it NIL? Is it the chance to win a championship or is it an X factor? Thanks, guys. Old Dad. Ooh, what do you think the X factor is? Well, he was just saying, you know, he was saying anything else because the weather, the party town aspect, mm. I guess your co-ed population, things like that. Yeah, um, I, I mean, feel I like Florida know.
0: State it gets high marks on those. Oh, yeah.
1: The X factors were really through
0: yeah, the roof. I through mean, the roof.
1: They talk about relationships, Corey, right? They keep talking about everything's about relationships. I don't know if that folds into being a fan and love of the school, but I think NIL is like a close second. I don't think NIL is the not for enough of them for some but not, not enough. I mean, they have to like the coaches. They have to like the town. They have to like that locker room and the culture. They have to have some sort of tie to who's going to be around them all the time to make the money worth it. But then I think NIL is uh, for sure number two, and then it's probably a huge gap three, four, five when you're thinking about the X factor. I think it's you know one is the relationship with your coach, and then just behind it, just a touch behind it's the NIL, and then a huge drop off to all the other variables. What do you think, Corey?
0: Yeah, probably. It's just I I I need to get a handle on it and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Uh like where I can talk about it publicly about NIL in in high school recruiting. Uh-huh. Like how how much of a factor is it? Like what what kind of numbers are we talking about? Like I don't I don't know what a 3-star offensive lineman is is getting offered. I just don't. And um so what was Is the thing 30, in
1: Texas that like all the offensive line, did they get five 50, or 50,000? 50, 50, I thought it was 50, 50, 50 yeah, 50 grand. Yeah, 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 okay.
0: So, but I don't know if like they're getting offered 30. I don't know if they're getting offered 150. I, I just, I don't know. So it's, it's hard to even, um, you know, hype, give a hypothetical about what's, what's the most important. I, I know that, you know, If I was 17 or 18 years old and one school was offering me 200 grand, the other school was offering me 20 grand, I don't care what my relationship is with the other coach. Uh, If you're offering me 10 times the amount of money, I I don't know how I, you know what I mean? Like you're not, your relationship with that coach might not be worth $180,000 to you. So uh, you know, I, I how many I,
1: instances are there out there where somebody yeah exactly coming at I don't even know that's like that's that. That.
0: Yeah. that's what I meant to articulate. I don't even know how much that even comes up. Like I don't even know how often it becomes a bidding war. No. I I can't imagine most of these players are in their bidding wars for these guys. Yeah, there's going to be a bidding war for Arch Manning um, or the kid the running back from that went to Texas. There there might be a bidding war for those guys um, or Hakeem Williams even. But the the normal you know guy that's ranked 212th in the country, or the guy that's ranked the 44th best player in Florida, I don't know what those bidding wars are like. I, I assume you're just talking about a few grand. So, I don't know. All right. So, But it's definitely not what it was 15 years ago, or even 7 years ago.
1: Let's look at the future here. Uh, we'll bundle these next three. Uh, they're all pretty to the point, so I'll read them all here in succession, Corey. Brave Knoll 12, wake up, cannot believe how quickly things have turned around. Getting to the ACC championship now seems to be our floor. Realistically, how far do you think you how far do you guys think we can go? He thinks a fourth national title is would not surprise him at all, he says. Knoll for life class of 2007. The hype train has left the station. Our beloved Knolls are looking great. That said, my eternal pessimism is wondering what could go wrong. So let's spin it forward. If we're not ACC champions, what would have went wrong? And then teacher Knoll, is it 20, 23, or bust? When I look at the roster from 23 to 24, the last time we lost that much talent, in my opinion, in one off season, was between 2000 and 2001. Mm.
0: Our 14 and 15. No. That was a that was a mass exit of some really good players. Um, good point. Yeah, I, let's let's atta- let's attack that one first, okay. um, because that is I think that is a genuine concern for Florida State fans. Is yes, they look and I was just talking about it for, for this one season. They can compete with anyone in the country. I don't I don't think anybody listening to this should shy away from that or disagree with that. How could you? They're a very they they have a lot of talent coming back. They're preseason to a that, top
1: five, sorry, or they're preseason yeah. top five in all these polls that are coming out right now. Yeah so, yeah.
0: so clearly they're one of they're they're going into the season as one of the best in the country with a great quarterback. It's not like you're having to replace somebody. You know what you got coming back. But that's the that's the big if is not the if, but that's the real big question, Mark is what about 2024? Because mm-hmm. you all those people I just mentioned that were five stars are probably all gone and you just don't know what you have coming up behind them. Maybe you've evaluated very well, and maybe you're developing at a great rate. Maybe you're developing. We won't know until this season, this 2023 season. But I can understand if not a lot of, you know, younger stars bubble to the surface in 2023, there's gonna be some real hand-wringing in December of of this year about, man, what's it gonna look like in 2024? The portal can only do so much. But then again, there is the portal. Mm-hmm. and you can go get probably just about any quarterback you want if Jordan Travis has another year like he did this year. That that speaks for itself. There are going to be guys all across the country that will want to come play at Florida State, especially if Florida State finishes with, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 wins, top 10 again in the country, competing for a championship. That's going to, the allure of that, the appeal of that, the appeal of the offense, um, I think that that's the beauty, man. It's like you can go sign a free agent. It doesn't have to be Tate Rodemaker or Brock Glenn or A.J. Duffy. It, it could be. It very well could be, but it doesn't have to be. You, you can go get somebody to replace a Trey Benson. You can go get somebody to – you can go get another All-American defensive end. They're all going to be out there. All the toys that you want are going to be out there. It's just a matter of getting them to come to campus. Right now, you know that you can get them to campus because they're on campus. They're here. They're going to play for you. Um, it's just, you know, you have to recycle it next year. But it, I don't think it falls off a cliff, right? That's the beauty of the portal. I don't think it's gonna fall off a cliff, but can it be sustained to what it is now? I don't that that's the real question. That's yeah. that's the real question you that we'll I guess we'll find out. But it's a it's a legitimate worry, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean I've I've said like I don't wanna say it's all or nothing next season, but again, you think about that quarterback and the pass rushers and the guys on the defensive line and your offensive linemen and you're like, Man, they just can they keep going to the portal and finding these gems every single year? And at what point are other teams gonna also be like they figured it out in Tallahassee. Why are we not doing the same thing? All of our money. Let's invest it in getting these kids out of the portal. There's no shame in doing it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just that I think that's what makes 23 that much excited that much more exciting. Because I, I do think I'm, I'm not scared off by it. I'm more excited about the fact that everything has come together and it's like, man, let's let's all go, let's be all in on this one season and and finally invest and see how it goes, like emotionally, if you will. It's also cool though that like
0: Florida State. it it, there you don't think they're going to be like a one-year wonder it's florida state man this isn't like rice coming out of nowhere or tcu for that matter even though tcu's had a very good program for a while it's florida state so if you can stack back to back 10 or 11 win seasons again yeah 2024 might be a dip but it's not going to be a crash and you can just it could be a small tiny little dip and then 2025 you're right back to where your preseason top five. I mean, we have no idea how it's going to yeah. work, but winning begets winning. Winning seasons beget more winning seasons because good players beget more good players. If you, if Florida State's on TV and they're in the top ten and they're winning games a lot and they're in the public consciousness and they're in the national consciousness, recruits take notice. Portal kids take notice, and they will keep coming. If you build a winner, they'll they they will come. They Florida State has proven that over the last four decades. When they're good, people want to play for them. And this should be two years in a row when they're very good, so that should include an influx, that we've seen in the last month, an influx of really good players wanting to play here. So All that's right. the beauty that's the good part.
1: All right. So then, Brave Knoll twelve, and then Knoll for Life two thousand seven. So how far can they go? I mean, I think playoff because you maybe you're the first two lost team to make the playoff. Like if you lose at LSU and you lose a close one to Clemson, but you get revenge against Clemson in the, in the conference championship game, and say LSU is undefeated. And they're the number one team in the nation. Maybe you can sneak in there and be like the third or fourth team in the playoff. I think playoff is legitimate because just we see how they how they played to finish the season out and what they're bringing back and what's going on around this conference. Now, if they don't compete for a playoff, if they don't win the conference, I think if they don't win the conference, we'll say problem potentially. If they don't make the playoff, we won't call it a problem. Like what would have gone wrong? It's it's going to be like that complacency. The, the stuff the, the stuff between the ears and the locker room, kind of creating an issue, right? Like guys thinking like maybe I'm not getting enough, I'm not getting enough catches, I'm not getting enough looks, I'm not getting enough attempts to rush the passer. Like that's the only outside of like injuries and injuries like the old standby. I just can't imagine this offense takes a step back and just can't figure out ways to score thirty points on good teams. And I can't think of this defense just absolutely turning into a quagmire. That's, and again, we probably said this about other teams on the schedule for last year that were going to probably we thought beat Florida State and they did not. But what are some of the things you think would be pitfalls in the lead up to a 2023 season that would elicit this scenario, Corey?
0: Yeah. Uh, so is the question like, what would be a disappointment? What, how would they miss? How would they not? Yeah. Win the went wrong? And wrong. Championship? If, if
1: Florida State is not the ACC championships in 2023. What went wrong? I mean, I would just think,
0: uh, you know, you're not going to play great 12 straight weeks. You're just not. So we're we're saying that they've got eight conference games. If you don't play great in two of them, and you happen to lose both of them, well, that's that's what happens. Like you, you, there's a good chance if you play eight conference games, you're going to not play well in one or two of them. You still have to find a way to win those games, and you better hope one of them or both of them are Clemson, right? Right. Like you could play Clemson, lose to him in Death Valley, then play him in Charlotte and lose again. You know, there's no real shame in that necessarily, but I can understand there will be plenty of frustration. but you might just not play well. you've gotta uh, youve gotta you've gotta play you, when you're not when you don't have your a game, you still gotta win. Um, I don't know how often they I guess they did that a couple times this year. Oklahoma they didn't play great and they found a way to win Florida too for that matter Um, so that was good to see actually I was just lamenting those two games but you know the both of those games kind of reminded me like they they felt like they were going the way of the Wake and Clemson games and yet they righted the ship the defense got a couple of stops when it mattered Mm -hmm. and the offense righted the ship and kept scoring at will in the second half of, of both those games that was good to see um, so maybe that was learned because you've got to be able to find a way even when you're not blowing teams out by 45 points, even when things are going poor, going not going uh, well for you and they're going against you. You find a way to win. So I know that's a dumb answer, but that's they're good enough. It, it, injuries. I mean, look, man, injuries to me is the main thing. I, I think if they're mostly healthy, if they avoid bad injury luck, you know, I, they, they should win 11 games. Ten or eleven games. If their if their offense stays complete, mostly healthy, and all the guys that matter really matter, play to their ability, you're going to have one of the five best offenses in the country. Your defense should be good enough to win at least ten or eleven games and get. So if that doesn't happen, you might have injury luck. You might have awful turnover luck in in against, I don't know, one of the two ACC teams that can beat you.
1: New year 2023. New you. Give yourself a fresh start over at mybookie.ag. Whether you bet to earn. Or to make the games more exciting, MyBookie gives you the most for your money with their redesigned deposit bonus. Just use the promo code WARCHANT on a deposit of $50 or more to receive a cash bonus instantly to your MyBookie account. Using the bonus is simple. You just got to bet your deposit amount just once and then you're ready to cash out. No strings attached with MyBookie. It's NFL wildcard weekend. Maybe the best weekend of professional football in the entire year. Let's look at two games here, Corey. Chargers-Jags. In Duval, Jags getting two and a half at home against the Chargers. Thoughts?
0: So, the Jags are home, right? Yeah. It's not like the Chargers have a great history of winning big games and po- making postseason runs. Correct. I feel like the Jags might feel like they have a little magic juice. And plus, I think the fact that they're in the playoffs at all, like, they're going to be pl- feel like they're playing with house money. Kind of nothing to lose. We're we're one year ahead of schedule anyway. Here goes nothing. Let's just throw caution to the wind. I'm, I like the Jags, baby. Right. I like the Jags. Let's go, Duvall. Stand up.
1: Miami at Buffalo. Miami getting 13. I think they'll oh, be maybe boy. Teddy Bridgewater, maybe Skyler Thompson, or whoever their third string quarterback is, Tua has been ruled out. Or do you want to go with the total points, 43 and a half? I mean, I could see, I- like, I see like 38 to 7, and that gets you over
0: Yes. I was going to say, man, I, I would, I, I would, I can't, how would the Dolphins stay within two touchdowns? It's like, how touchdown is that, how is guys. that even possible? Yeah. Without, with that guy, I watched that. If it's Skyler Thompson playing court, by the way, that was one thing I noticed. All these, and I, I throw myself into the mix here. Like, I was like, I don't know if Jordan Travis can play at the next level. I don't know what his future is. Well, I know he's better than Skylar Thompson. <laughs> I, I, gosh darn guarantee it that he's better than Skylar Thompson so if that dude can make a roster Jordan Travis definitely can make a roster so um either way no so back to the point i would say uh, play
1: keep away for miami just run the ball run the ball run
0: the yeah i ball, still think i my, i don't know about the over, over under i'd stay away from that okay. but i would like i like the bills to win by more than uh 13 and a half points
1: there we go everybody mybucky.ag use that promo code warchamp for your instant cash bonus Eric Tallahassee let's go Knoll 43 what are you guys looking forward to most during the offseason until spring practice rolls around in a couple months I want I'm looking forward to maybe like another big time portal acquisition uh, otherwise yeah I mean I don't know there's basketball's not going to help pass the time in a in a positive manner they've got their defensive vacancy filled so for me it's like uh I don't know let's get a let's get a nasty linebacker I mm. think I'd rather have that more so than a than a ball hawk and safety I just want I want another dude at linebacker that's what I'm, I'm most looking forward to is seeing maybe the shoe drop on that Corey you
0: yeah I mean I think that's the beauty is like everything else is filled I guess we got another national signing day coming up but that's absolutely anticlimactic i don't even know if they're going to sign a kid um and then uh so i would say yeah just the eyes on the portal seeing if there's one or two more guys out there but again i think i think that gets that gets fun again after spring practice so i I don't know when that portal window opens up again there is another one though right that comes after the spring so i don't know how much more is even out there uh just hey you know what it doesn't matter just stay tuned to warchant.com, become a subscriber we're going to make stuff interesting (laughs) Even if it's not interesting for the next couple months, we're gonna find a way. We're gonna and also Taniya Latson and the women's basketball yes. team is fun.
1: Yeah. Island Chief, wake up! You guys bring it every week, and for that, I say thank you, thank you, Island Chief. Hey, you're and you know what? You're welcome. Yeah. I was curious. I had some time. I went back and listened to Renegade Express from January twenty first. Mm. I'm guessing of twenty one or twenty two. Milton and Johnson were the hot topics, and that Norvell was the portal king. Turns out he was just scratching the surface. Who's Johnson? I almost don't want to say that out loud. Did they get a recruit with the last name of Johnson? I shouldn't have said I, it out loud, but I did. Don't at court, you didn't even hear me say it. I'm going to keep going. Okay. All right, okay. You're absolved. Question. Do you have any sense that NIL deals or lack thereof are what's behind guys transferring out or is it just reps?
0: No, I I would think it's just, I would just think it's reps. I don't think like the NIL deal for uh, Rodney Hill was somehow better than Treshawn Ward's NIL offer. I I think that it's about Treshawn Ward having one year left and wanting to go get a lot of carries his last year of college football. Instead of getting nine a game, he can go get 18 a game at Kansas State. And I don't think anybody begrudges some of that. So I think it's more about playing time and and not necessarily because when you're when you're talking about not the johnny wilson level or the trey benson level when you're at the kentron portier malik mclean level it's not a ton of money guys i, I can't imagine it's i just i know i'm a, a a little ignorant when it comes to it i just can't imagine it's a ton of money so i do think it's more about uh, and i also don't think malik mclean's like getting big time money now that he's on the open market i, I just think it's more about uh fit in uh, a chance to play.
1: XDQ 004, it's our guy Derek. Wake up. Watching George on Monday night it could not help but think of what could have been if we had a Marius Mims. He yeah. would certainly help us win both the Wake Forest and NC State games in my opinion. Question. Thinking about this upcoming season, what, who would you like to see take a leap to where their improved play would almost guarantee an ACC championship and a playoff berth? My pick... Derek is Robert Scott what say you what's the one player core that could take a leap and would almost guarantee a conference championship and a playoff berth oh
0: hmm
1: I mean I don't say Patrick Payton but he did pretty well like if you've got two just demons on the edges or yeah, like, does not, does, does Renardo Green have to become Tay Cody or you know Jalen Ramsey just be just some lockdown?
0: Oh no, man, he was good. He was plenty good to be on a a a, a playoff team.
1: Shaheem takes a leap becomes. I Jamie was gonna Robinson. say
0: I, there aren't that many positions that have that kind of impact. I I do think op, a defensive end opposite verse um, that becomes a, a, an all ACC caliber player, which you know Patrick Payton could make a leap into that. If you've got two bookends like that. Uh, yeah, that could be a that could be a, a difference maker. I I don't know. Maybe Johnny Wilson. Like, what if Johnny goes from being a dude? I mean, Johnny Wilson essentially won you two games this year. He flat out won you the Louisville game, and he pretty much won you the Oklahoma game. Um, what if he becomes a guy that doubles that? What if he Calvin has four, Johnson. Yeah. four games like that or six games like that? That could be a a guy that finishes with 1,600 yards receiving and 11. 15 touchdowns, whatever.
1: Yeah, where you're on Um, that last drive in Raleigh against NC State and you're looking at him the whole time. Like, he's part of the plan. He's not an afterthought.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe something like that. That, that uh, a special receiver, and he could be that guy, uh, but a special receiver or a special defensive end are are my two picks as guys that could, if they took a huge leap. And Johnny's already good, but if he became great or Patrick Payton
1: became great, that could be a difference. All right. Random underscore John. Good morning, guys. Baba Miller finally played. Mm. Well, Wake Forest happened. Let's say Cleveland and Mills are gone next year. What moves can Hamilton really make to make this roster this roster competitive? Also, Mrs. Random underscore John is having foot Achilles surgery on Friday. I guess kicking my butt took its toll. She'll be mm. laid up for two weeks. As such, she will definitely be joining War Chant this week. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Well, welcome. Yeah. Um. Sorry that you had to have surgery. He said foot Achilles surgery. Yeah, on Thursday actually, yesterday. So hope she's. Uh, what does that mean? Isn't it just an Achilles surgery, or did she do? Maybe she screwed up her foot. Too? Well, I guess he was specifying she's having surgery on her foot specifically her Achilles.
0: Oh well, okay, yeah. That's a bad. That's a big recovery, that man. Is, that's like a, yeah. a year long. So good luck with that. Um, we thought remember I thought Stephanie had done that? Yeah, yeah. When she yeah. was playing tennis, oh, yeah, she even yeah. cuz she even said she goes who hit who just threw a ball at me and hit me in the back of the leg. I'm like, "Oh god." Yeah. I've, I've I've been doing this so long. I'm going to have to number one, I'm going to have to pick her up off this tennis court cuz she won't be able to move and she's going to be out for the next year. <laughs> you know, I immediately I started thinking about myself. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, it was just she had done, it wasn't an Achilles, it was something else. But yeah, when she thought a ball had hit her in the back of the leg, I'm like, oh, God, no. Um, so yeah, good luck, uh, to the, uh, with the surgery. And what was, oh, about Leonard. So uh, the portal, man. I don't know how else to say at the portal. I mean, you've got, you've got,
1: if the, international. the Mills leave. Go to international. We need to become Team Europe.
0: Yeah, but even the international kids, they're not going to come in ready made. Um, go get some
1: guys that are ready made to come and compete and play. I, you know, I, I think there's no battles end for basketball though, Corey. And that's the thing. I thought that was a whole perk about getting kids from overseas that they're not. NIL doesn't apply to them. Like they cannot, No, it doesn't, but you can,
0: you are still going to be an ACC team, an ACC caliber team that can get, uh, Good players for like you can get go get a Darren Green Jr. who wants to play at a bigger conference. Okay. So he played at UCF and was good, yeah. Yeah. but now he's at Florida. You know, he wanted to go play at Florida State. You can go still handpick those guys, um, or a guy like Cameron Fletcher who was at Kentucky and just wasn't getting a lot of run. He's still going to want to go play in the ACC. I think, yeah. I think Florida State can sell itself there. Clearly, if you've been paying attention to the way they've been recruiting the high school ranks the last couple of years, after killing it until NIL came along, absolutely killing it. You know, the Scotty Barnes the Patrick Williams on and on and on. They were doing great. And then all of a sudden that's dried up um, because the NIL happened. But I think in the portal, maybe it, it would be a little different for guys from mid-major schools. You can go get a star from a mid-major that just is playing above. He's, he's outplayed where he is. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's your that's your best chance or get Cleveland to stay. Um, I think he should stay. But credit to that kid, man. I know they got bombarded on Wednesday night. They got blown out. They just, they're not good defensively. Bob and Miller can't help that much. Um, but Matthew Cleveland had 19 and 12. It's the six straight double-double. He's the first Florida State guy to do that since since my birth year. It, you know, since 1970-something. I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am. Man. Don't worry about it. I look like I'm 27. <laughs> I can matters. play 33. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been like almost 50 years since Florida State's had a guy that... Uh, That had six straight double doubles and matthew cleveland i remember texting ira about it um earlier in the season like i was texting his um his rebounding numbers because he was averaging like 2.9 rebounds a game and i'm like this is ridiculous this is a joke a kid that athletic that's that taught that's six seven when a whole game played 29 minutes and had one rebound and then cameron fletcher who was the team's leading rebounder gets hurt and cleveland flips a switch which he you know it'd been nice if he'd have done that in november but it's really cool to see him playing like this like he is he is almost selfish with his rebounding like he goes jumps in front of teammates to get rebounds but that's awesome you can't be selfish rebounding yeah you're going for the basketball whether it's to get another double double or not i don't care as long as you're trying to go get the basketball that's good enough for me man so uh so credit to him uh they did not play well they can't guard they certainly couldn't guard that 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 team um but yeah and i i am these last 15 games will be interesting for baba miller you hope he gets acclimated and then next year him and cleveland coming back if baba can have some nice moments and feel good maybe you have a chance to make a run if you get some other pieces
1: J.R. knoll 86 wake up was hoping next time you guys get a chance to talk to adam fuller you could ask him about home crowd noise and doke seems like most of our coverage busts happened at home against clemson and florida yeah on shifts and misalignments. And with all this up-tempo spread offenses, they've got their communications down. Seems like defenses don't. Should home crowds rethink getting allowed pre-snap when their team is on defense against these modern offenses?
0: No, but it's a good question. Um, a better question than people listening to that probably think. Because at, I remember in 2013 or 14, I guess it was 13, I think I asked Terrence Brooks about it, like, because they were getting ready to play Miami. And I'm like, man, people always want the crowd to be loud because they think it affects the offense, and it does, it can, it can rattle them, but you guys can't communicate. Like, it's obviously much easier for safeties and linebackers to communicate on the road when the opposing crowd is being quiet than at home where they can't hear themselves. And he did say, yeah, that's, you know, that's something we have to practice. But they, you know, they don't practice. One thing they, maybe they could do, Aslan, now that I'm talking about this out loud, When they have a home game, they don't practice with the with the sound up, with the, you know, with the crowd
1: noise. They do, they do music. They do music home game weeks, crowd noise and they're preparing for a real game. But but crowd noise like to a deafening degree. Yes, yes. In the IPF. Well, they
0: don't do that during home weeks. Maybe they should rethink that part of it mm. cuz you certainly don't want to you don't want to uh, on third down. It's third down, Sh, guys guys be quiet but you don't want to do that you don't want to have that on the like a guy doing
1: defense at work is good like at at the rca dome when big man's with the Colts. offense at work be quiet now they're gonna have defense at work
0: yeah they'll they'll flash like jared verse doing like a shush (laughs) like a librarian (laughs) when it's third down you're not going to want to do that to the crowd they want to make noise they want to impact the game but maybe during practice weeks for a big game not that they're going to have a ton of great home games this year to worry about it um you you do maybe want to practice the defense commu- it's a good question i'll ask fuller about that like how do you communicate when they can't hear each other they have to it's hand signals and just hope but that's a good point uh, most of their breakdowns were at home
1: what if the crowd just was silent pre-snap but as soon as the ball got snapped they just went nuts kind of like you know the student section during a free throw will be like they'll be quiet or something right. and then as soon as you get ready to release They'll Not go nuts? Not when it's
0: snapped. Right Right when you feel the quarterback about... Like, right when the wide receiver goes in motion. Okay. Then like, or yeah. right when the quarterback's about to lift his leg. All right. okay. For the, for the snap count. That's when you get loud. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Smart, though. Play. I'm telling you, back in the day, man, you can go watch it on YouTube. I've told this story before, but Dan Marino... Back in the day, when I first started watching college football, they would tell the crowds to be too quiet if they were too loud because yeah. the offenses couldn't communicate. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the offense would go to the referee and say, I can't hear, and they'd have to make an announcement yeah. to tell the crowd to be quiet. Yeah. So
1: maybe they go back to that. My truth is up. Wake up. Our success in the portal has given me enthusiasm and confidence in the upcoming season, but not my only happiness. Freud. Is that how we say it? Yeah, you say better. Yeah, it was schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah, close, yeah. Also, in watching teams down south, unwide, and the Aggies attempt to create a staff that could possibly be more toxic than Chernobyl. Mm. Is it probable that Jaden Rashada was offered a $13.5 million deal? Is it possible?
0: Is that, That's the quarterback that wants Florida. Is he out of
1: his NIL deal with Florida or no, not? No, apparently or? he's requested it, but... Maybe there's some pushback on whether that really has happened or not. Who offered it to him? Florida, their collective. So Florida offered that kid 13. Allegedly, that's the rumor. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. I would say uh, that's asinine. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, maybe I, I'm not saying if the question win, is
0: asinine. If that if that number is anywhere close to accurate, that is absolutely asinine. That's ridiculous. What? How? You have no idea what that kid is going to be. None. Like what? what, Who are you competing against? I I don't know. That's that's again. It would make sense for Drake May. Like why not just go offer that to Drake May? Yeah, yeah. For heaven's sake. Or Caleb Williams. Or Jordan Travis. Like why why go to a kid that you have no idea if he can even play at this level?
1: I do wonder. You hear these reports about oh you know you're hearing all these numbers but the numbers aren't true. They're inflated. Like. Are there I wonder if there's accelerators? Like could you be offered like listen, we'll give you one million, but if you win the SEC, we'll give you three million. And if you win the Mm. national title, we'll give you ten million. You know, and that's the sort but those are the things that would be spelled out and your family or whoever's in your corner would be looking at these contracts because that's what these things, these NIL deals are. They'd be looking at it. There's no way you could sneak up on the last minute after you've signed your letter of intent two weeks later, like, actually you guys are, you know, Doing some funky math here with smoke and mirrors, and you're not going to be the 13 million. I'm out. I, yeah. I can't imagine. The, the, the probability of that is astronomically low. Less what than a world. What a
0: world we live in. Either no. way, what a world no. we live in.
1: Armchair Osceola, wake up. Good morning. All right, this is a longer one. Uh, I should have read this beforehand, but let's just go with it. Uh, in line of the absolute dominant performance by Georgia, how do you see the confluence of NIL? and playoff expansion in the portal playing out in the next three to five years. More specifically, I understand that an expanded playoff means that more teams will have a chance to play and that could lure talent away from the top dogs. See what I did there. But what do these 5-12 to seeds really have a chance to win a national title in light of the power of NIL?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just look at it differently, man. I think NIL is going to make it, I think NIL and the portal makes it, Makes the parity more, not less. I mean, Georgia and Alabama can't get them all. They can't have them all. Um, There are a lot of really good football players that the last 10 seasons played half the game for Alabama or a third of the game for Georgia. Well, now they can go play the full game for other schools, and they're good. They're really good. They might be a degree. Like Think about Jermaine Johnson, man. He wasn't good enough to start at Georgia, and he was a first-round pick. So, no, he wasn't as good, I guess, as, uh, what's the guy's, what's the kid's name, the Jacksonville Jack, the number one pick? Uh, Walker. Um, Walker. I guess he wasn't as good as that guy, but it's by degrees, by small degrees. And, um, and he was plenty good enough to go be an All-American <laughs> somewhere else. So I just think that's what the Portal and NIL have done, is they, they are, I, I just think, and I might be 100% wrong, we are, we are right in the infancy stages of this. I think it's gonna make for more parity, not less parity. Um yes, Alabama and Georgia are going to have really good teams and really good players. What else is new? But I think you're going to see other teams rise up. Other teams in the mix. And yeah, it's going to be hard for the 12 seed to win a championship because they got to beat the 5 and then they got to beat the 1 and then they got to win another one like I get it, but they'll have a chance. And again, if you get in the playoff a couple of times as an 8 seed and a 7 seed and you show that you're a perennial playoff team, Maybe the, the the players, the player pool that you're recruiting out of gets better, because they see, oh yeah, I can go to the playoff there too. I I just think, I think the NIL, as goofy as it is, as as unregulated as it is, the portal in the 12 team college football playoff all coming together at a confluence like this, is going to be so so good for the sport because, buddy, it was as stale as could be. It was as stale as it could be the last three or four years. It's the same five or six teams. All the time. Nobody else feels like they have a chance. I just think that's teams are going to be able to spread their wings now, and more teams are going to feel like they have a real chance. Like, Ohio State wasn't... Ohio State should have beaten Georgia. And Ohio State lost to Michigan. And Michigan lost to TCU. You know what I mean? And TCU right. barely beat Baylor. Like, on and on and on. Like, I just think there's going to be more parity in college football now. And I'm, I'm here for it.
1: yeah part of his question too is kind of the fear we don't want to see these beat downs like we saw George against TCU and that was that's my an first... anomaly
0: I just think that's an anomaly man I yeah. Georgia would not have done that to Michigan I think T Georgia is not that much better than TCU TCU just crapped the bed yeah. they just played horribly they played worse than Kent State played against Georgia they had they they just they just urinated on themselves and frankly they should have just gone ahead and lost to Michigan if they were going to play like that they could they 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 were that was bad for college football just that one night because good grief that was ridiculous it was an embarrassment it's awesome they made the championship game I'm sure they they'll always be thought of fondly in Fort Worth but that was an embarrassment because they're better than that and they just completely wilted and shied away from the moment uh, which was disappointing to see but either way I don't think that's the reality I don't think you're we're going to see a bunch of 65 to I mean think about the two playoff games they were awesome Finally, the two semifinal
1: though, games took a while, though. But yeah, finally.
0: But that's what I'm saying. The two semifinal games were great. It's usually the title game is pretty good, and the semifinal games are awful. Well, those two semifinal games were great. Mm-hmm. Now imagine four more of those type of games, yeah. which is what it will be with the 12-team playoff. I mean, yeah, there are going to be some blowouts. There's blowouts in the NFL playoffs. There's blowout in the NBA. Um, Super Bowls used to be blowouts all the time, but I I think the the way this sport is now currently constructed, it's that I don't think. That's gonna be the norm, sixty-five to seven. I just yeah. think I think that was just a confluence of some weird things and one team just completely not showing up.
1: Yeah, you know they're also gonna seed it to where the first four, I guess, get a buy, or at least they get the play at home. So you're not gonna see the one versus the twelve. You're gonna see whatever, you know, five versus twelve. Right. But then you think about the New Year's six Bulls, you know, Tulane, Southern Cal was a great game. That was a really close one, but like Clemson, Tennessee was kind of gross. Would that have been different if there was some real Stakes yes, up for grabs, of course. Yeah, I, I think mean, so, right? Yeah, I, I'd hope so. But you, you know, I mean, Clemson have guys opting out, really. I mean, that thing, I think they had a full deck in that game, and they played terrible. So, uh, but let's see. Yeah,
0: but I mean, it's like, what were they playing for? Like, you're, yeah. you're going to have you're going to have twelve teams instead of you're going to have twelve teams that care instead of like six or five. Uh, you're going to have uh, all those teams are going to have their players playing. It's just, it's so good for the sport, man. Uh, it's gonna be, I, I, I can't, I really can't wait for it. I can't wait for it because it, it, you don't, when you turn on a bowl now, you, number one, who knows when they're on? Is the Cotton Bowl on December 30th or January 5th? Who knows? Right. But you, when you when you turn on a game, you don't know who's playing. You have no idea, unless you're following along, you don't know, they have to tell you before the game, okay, well for USC, these five guys opted out. And for this team, three guys opted out. Uh, or this guy's already in the portal. This team only has 42 guys on the roster because they're either in the portal or they've quit on whatever it is. So now you're going to have 12 games that, re, or whatever that is, six. Five, it's going to be like, instead of three games, three postseason games, you're going to have 10? I can't do the math in my head that quick. Don't 10 or 11, math whatever math it is. And they're, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be really good for the sport, I think.
1: All right, let's go in overdrive here and get to the rest of let's them. Let's do it. Let's OBX all that's Outer Banks, kids. I uh, love you guys and what you bring the war chant. Uh, we have had a lot of incoming transfers over the last two seasons. If possible, please summarize their remaining years of eligibility. Thank you, oh. keep up the good work. Well, that would be an easy one to get to there. Uh, it's been a mix, though. man. They haven't gone after specifically guys that only have multiple years left. They've gone after Jazz and Turntine and – Dimitri Manuel, but they kind of waited longer in the process to get those guys that only had one year. But they seem to prioritize guys that have multiple years, Jared Verse, Jamie Robinson, uh, and they seem to go all in after those guys. Uh, and if you watch the recruiting chat on Wednesday, Michael Langston talked about when it comes to, like, safety or linebacker, they're looking for somebody that has multiple years. They want to find one of those guys that freshman year, maybe it didn't work out, maybe they're not happy at that designation, at that place they picked. And they can get that kid and have several years to kind of groom them and get them ready. So, um, but it's it's kind of across the board. We've seen them again. They've they've done one year rentals and they've done multiple year uh, you know projections with these kids. So they, they don't seem to have a one size fits all kind of policy. But at, at least early on they go after guys with multiple years, and then as the summer wears on and they got to fill in some holes, then they'll be like, all right, we'll we'll take you for one year. Jason Turntine, uh, Dimitri Manuel, etc. So that's how I would summarize our eligibility. Moving along, Mayday! Noel, wake up. FSU recorded 40 sacks in 2022. Since the season concluded, we have news of Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett returning, along with several additions from the portal, and considering Patrick Payton taking a possible leap in 2022, what number do you set the over-under for, team sacks in 2023? Appreciate the work you do. Thanks for keeping us informed and entertained. Cannot wait for September.
0: I mean, I would think forty is a good number again, right? Like
1: that's what is that? Three no, and that's not game? fun, Corey. It's not fun. They're bringing all these dudes back, and they are get extra guys. Forty, three and a half.
0: Okay, well, let's make it. Let's make it sixty. Let's make it five a game. Um, I, I would think anything approaching forty is
1: good, really good. Um, okay, yeah. We so also maybe think they're going to play another game. We think they're going to play in a conference title game. True. So, so what do you what do you want them to average per game though? Four.
0: That is seems that, like a lot. That
1: does. that does. That
0: does. That seems like a lot. So I think, but I mean, they averaged, well, they played three games. They averaged three. So average three and a half. Okay. Give yeah. me an extra half a sack a game,
1: Jared Verse. That's all I'm asking. 1%. That's all Corey yeah. wants. It's 1%, mm-hmm. 1%. 1% better every game. Please. Come on. Uh, let's keep it in the trenches. G-Man, Knowles fan. Wake up. I've listened to the show for a while, but it's my first time asking a question. I'll follow the old rules. I'm from Augusta, Georgia. The most famous person from here is probably James Brown. Is it Godfather Soul? He was from Augusta?
0: Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I think that's right. I I mean, who else would it be? Larry Mize Jr.? I mean, he had a famous chip in at uh, uh, the Masters, but I don't oh, know. That, poor it's got to be Marvin. James Brown. Yeah, Poor Greg
1: Norman. Do we have the best defensive line in the ACC? And is it top 10 nationally? I don't know about
0: the second part. Um, going into the season, again, you know, Understanding that we focus much more on Florida State than any other school, I yes, I mean I I just think you do. Clemson's losing some guys, and you have a you know a potential probable first round pick at defensive end. You've got the ACC Freshman of the Year at another defensive end spot. Three
1: salty defensive tackles.
0: Yes, three. One that was the best defensive tackle in the portal. Another guy that's an NFL player that's I think twenty four years old. Um, is a grown man, and when he's healthy, is a pretty dominant dude. Um, plus, the younger guys coming up. Uh, yeah, I, 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 would say right now on paper you do. I mean, you just can't put a price tag on having uh, Jared Verse, Fabian Lovin, and Braden Fisk, and Daryl Jackson. Like Daryl Jackson was a good ACC player, yeah. but not not a cape, not a serviceable one. Like I think the kid they just got from South Carolina, serviceable to solid. Yeah, Gilbert, Edmund. the yeah. the defensive end, right. Daryl Jackson to me is a, is, is a higher quality than that. He is a, he can be an impact player. Maybe, maybe Edmund can too. He just needs a change of scenery, but Daryl, I think Daryl Jackson can be an impact player and he's your third defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if he was on the team this past year for the majority of the season, he would have been your best defensive tackle, right? Yeah. Because Fabian didn't play. And when Fabian did play there at the end, he still clearly wasn't hundred percent he would have been your best interior lineman this past year on your roster. Now he's second string. Probably. Probably anyway. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a cool place to be, man. So yeah, they've got depth. They've got elite talent. They've got, you know, they've got a first round talent,
1: special guys.
0: Yeah. They got a, They got a special guy. Maybe Peyton turns into something special too, but you know, you've got one special guy and you've got, a lot of depth of talent, man, and a lot of experience. So, I, yeah, I, I think so right now. Getting myself psyched up just talking about it. Let's go. S-Rod, uh, yeah, I thought
1: it was 1898. S-Rod, 1998. Not a lot of love for Duffy when the staff talks about him. You guys watch practice and are clear that he is not ready. He puts that in quotation marks, not ready. Was he not a four-star? And if so, does this lack of readiness mean we missed? Hoping that's not the case. Hope brought Glenn's a real deal. But outside of Jordan's spectacular development under Dillingham and Norvell, are we happy with the quarterback recruiting process? I mean, well, let's throw Tokars in
0: there, too, now. Like, Jordan really took off under Tokars um, this past year. That was a, a – a, a starting in the LSU game, he just looked like a different guy. Um, yeah, going to Duffy – I, I, I just want to qualify and couch everything I say and understand that I don't know what a, a true freshman quarterback is supposed to look like. We're lucky enough to watch practice. I didn't get to see Jameis every day in 2012. I didn't get to see EJ in 2008 or 8, 9, whenever, 9 maybe. Um, so I don't know what a, what a guy that's going to turn out to be really good looks like when he first starts. That said, no, he was not ready. I, but I don't think that's abnormal. He's a true freshman. And he was playing with third stringers and he wasn't getting a ton of reps. So maybe if he got more reps, he would look more comfortable. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's a whiff because, you know, part of the deal here is developing. It's developing. I mean, I can't even imagine what Jordan Travis looked like his first year at Louisville. You know what I mean? I just can't imagine. I'm sure it probably looked a lot like what AJ Duffy just looked like. Um, So there's a lot of, let me say this. There's a lot of room for improvement. Um, i have not completely given up on the kid by any yeah, stretch yeah. I, I just because how could you he's been here a year and he's he was third string um but yeah i, I clearly he's the in my opinion he's number three on the depth chart and that's i you know that's kind of how it should be there's a heisman candidate in front of him and a guy that's been here um going on his
1: fourth, fourth year now fourth yeah year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses in the spring, but also he like he knows he's not going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, yeah. and then brought Glenn enter, so that's even some fewer snaps because like Luke, Luke Altmaier was their guy. Like that was the guy that he went and found Mike Norvell before anybody did. They got his first offer, and then slowly everybody started offering that kid, and he left Ole Miss. You know, and you know Lane Kiffin's pretty good at developing quarterbacks, and that didn't work out, and he's gone. So if they would have brought Altmaier here, there's reasonable. Evidence to suggest that he would have been a miss, and he would have probably left here as well. And if Duffy doesn't work out, then you kind of start thinking, "All right, well, they maybe need to start tinkering around and figuring out uh, a little mean, bit better." But I, it's still way too early. On. But that's something that we'll have to look for in the spring as we're covering a team that's going to be preseason top five.
0: Well, number yeah, exactly. Well, and Tate Rodemaker definitely got better. That was not yes. just a one half wonder against Louisville. We we told you that in August. Uh, he looked like a different dude, and the guy in the second half against Louisville is the guy we saw a lot of. Um, in August. Um, So he definitely improved. And then also, man, I'll keep coming back to it. Kind of doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter how you develop high school quarterbacks. You can go get yourself one. You can go get yourself a guy that starred two years at Akron or Kentucky or wherever, NC State. You can go get yourself a guy that's already proven at this level. If A.J. Duffy isn't it, if Tate Rodemaker or Brock Glenn don't end up being great, you can go get yourself a really good one because that's the world we live in.
1: All right, we're almost there. These are all uh, sort of NIL family-related questions. Noel Dad for life. Wake up, gents. Wouldn't want to spend this hype-filled offseason with anyone else. Mm. Love what Battle's End is doing with NIL and player retention. However, we don't hear about Rising Spear anymore. Uh, Have I missed something? Our guy Gator Kirk. Wake up. If you were to donate money to one entity, would you donate to a collective or would you become a booster? Um, Hmm. And then Niner Noel... With the advent of collectives, could we find ourselves in a position where they are dictating who is going to be on the team by who they sign? No, no. I mean, there's, they're not allowed to communicate directly with the coaching staff and vice versa. Right, right. But everybody, you know, we're adults yeah. here. You know. Right. Um, me personally, I think I would. I'm a very instant gratification guy, so collective falls more in line with that. It depends on how much money I had. If I had like. Five hundred thousand dollars. That'd probably be a booster because it would be some sort of capital project, and it'd be cool to have like my brick or like my name on a brick on a on a building. I mm. like that for my ego more so than like, oh yeah, see that guy who caught that touchdown in the Florida game. My money went to getting him. Um, but if I only had like you know five thousand dollars, I'd probably give it to a collective. It'd probably go a little bit further. Um, and then the first one. Yeah, I don't know. Rising Spear is doing everything, so they're yeah. they're doing like nine sports over two hundred athletes. But yeah, I think the the presumptive theory was like Battles End was going to work on retention, and Rising Spear is going to work on acquisition. But that does not seem to be the case. Uh, but yeah, Rising Spear's is still out there; they're still doing important things. Uh, maybe tonight Latson is something mm. the Rising Spear is focusing in on. But uh, thoughts on nil, Corey? Will there ever be a time where uh, a collective dictates the roster of a of a team And uh, your thoughts on what you would give If you were a uh, If you had money to give Would you be a, a booster Or would you just give to collectives
0: uh, Yeah I think you make a good point Like I don't know if I give money To Rising Spirit Battles End Does that get me better seats
1: Yeah No it you does, not.
0: It does I, not I wouldn't think uh, It should But it, it probably doesn't So I would, I would probably go uh, The booster route Especially because Battles End Seems to be kind of doing it On its own anyway right now like, don't I don't even should. think it's asking yeah, for a lot not. of help like, We're good. Um, We're so good. uh so yeah I would I would give to I, you could I would honestly I'd probably give to both um I'd probably you know 75 percent booster 25 percent collective because with the collective I just like my, I know where my booster money is going I don't know where my collective money is going necessarily so I'd probably I, I don't think I'd do 50 50 I think I'd give more to the boosters but again also more seats better seats. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think, look, man, the collectives are, it, again, it's so, it's such a gray area, man. It's like, yeah, they, they do have a they do have some say in who's on your roster, but I don't think it's going to be like, hey, I know you weren't recruiting them, but we just got you a linebacker from Stone Mountain. Yeah. And Norvell's going to be like, wait, what? Who? He's like, yeah, it, well, it's, you know, it's this kid. We don't want them. Well, you're gonna take them. I don't think those conversations are gonna happen. I think it's more along the lines of,, um, yeah, w- w- these are the guys we want. These are the guys we want to keep. Here's our game plan. i don't I don't think it would ever get to the point. It won't ever be like the booster coach relationship where boosters go to the a d and say you better we're not giving you more money, yeah, uh-huh. unless you
1: but, you know, what what could but be if a possibility you don't win, if you don't win yes, with the players that they keep? Yeah,
0: correct. That's where it comes in. Well, that's where the collectives come in, and could be like the boosters at Auburn. Like, you know, hey man, we gave you all this money, you went six and six. We we got you this great team, and you went six and six. We're not giving you any more money until we get some better coaching in here. Yeah, I, that you know that's always a possibility. Money controls everything, man. So um, that's that's going to be the slippery slope. That's going to be the sticky situation of all of this moving forward, but it's always been that way, hadn't it? Mm-hmm. And college football's always had this going along. It's who's really been in control of college football recruiting, college football coaching staffs. It's not usually the school president. It's the people that control the money, really control the money. And again, the booster, the boosters are the ones that pay the coach's salary. So, you know, I, again, I guess you could say it like that. Do you want to give money to Mike Norvell, or do you want to give it to the players? Like, because mm. the boosters pay the salaries for the most part, so that's that's a decision for each person.
1: All right, uh, three more. This is a really Let's good go. question.
0: Let's go. Let's do it.
1: Steel twenty-one twenty-seven, as currently situated, who would win? Second string offense with Jordan Travis at quarterback, or first string offense and Tate Rodemaker, both of them going against the first string defense. Score prediction.
0: It's a really good question. It is. It's because I, you know, who's your second string running back? Toa Feely? Yeah. And your second string wide receivers are like Portier, your second string tight end is uh you know, Morlock or Courtney or yeah. Biscuit. Um and it's Jordan Travis.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um
1: I can't give you a score prediction. I don't know how it would work out.
0: I I I still I but man, but the I just think the offensive line there might be a hole or two. Yeah. Like, I think your starting five offensive linemen are going to be, it's going to be a very good group. And I think the beauty of this team coming next year is you're going to have some really experienced guys that aren't starting and that are good backups. Armella might be a backup. He's a really good, he's going to be a really good player, I think. Um, so you're going to have some talent on your second string offensive line, some real talent, like some viable high level college football talent for the first time in a long time. I still think you'd rather have the better offensive line. And you'd rather, have, you'd rather be throwing it up to Johnny Wilson. Five men, drives.
1: Five drives you start on your own 25-yard line. I think Jordan leads you to a score on four of the drives. I think Tate leads you to a uh, score on three of them.
0: Yeah, I think, I'd, I, I think it's three and two. And I think okay. Tate leads you on three okay. and Jordan leads you on All two. Right. I just think that offensive line might be a little problematic. You don't get to throw to Johnny Wilson or Jaheim Bell. You don't get to hand the ball off to Trey Benson. So, but that but still, it's close, right? Yeah, but yeah, you it's think close.
1: about you think about Jared Verse and Fisk and Love it and Patrick Payton yeah. teeing off on the second team offensive line. But it's it's Jordan Travis. It's also back Jordan there.
0: Travis back there yeah. running. Should so a run. uh, yeah, it's it's a, a really good question, really
1: good yeah. question, really good thought experiment. Eight five zero. And Tate
0: Rodemaker, we we just I just got done singing his praises. He's a good player. Yeah. So he would do pretty darn well with the first team offense, I think.
1: 8 eight five oh wake up. I was reading about the NCAA taking a chance on players uh, transferring for the second time. Seems they're not going to be handing out waivers as easily. Do you think it will affect Daryl Jackson playing this season? Is there any concern from the FSU side? I have not heard about that, but, yeah, they said that um, teams must either prove a demonstrated physical injury, illness, or mental health condition or exigent circumstances, which would be like physical or sexual abuse, Uh, All other guidelines will no longer be used for waiver requests to compete during championship season, the NCAA said in a release.
0: I would think that might be moving forward, not people that have already transferred. uh, But also, um, you know, I don't know what falls under the umbrella. Um, And that for
1: mental health. I mean, me being closer to my mother, who's going, I think that, yeah, I don't think it's going to affect him. He'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very viable and also I think real um, reason. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I I don't think it's made up. I think it's real, and yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't do that if you wanted to be close to your mom. If you'd rather be what twenty minutes away than seven, seven hours, hours away, and twenty minutes. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. All right, last one. Tennisump. Hey guys, thanks for all you do. This is the first time in quite a while that we have had a team that has off-season expectations like this. What is your prediction and how they will handle that? as there are many examples over the years of it not being done well, what sort of tone do you think that Mike Norvell and staff will put forward during conditioning and spring ball? Thanks as always.
0: Yeah, it's a good question, right? Like, because uh, we brought this up on headlines too. Like, you know, this team hasn't accomplished anything. They haven't won a championship. The only trophy they have has Cheez-It's in it. It's not like they've done great things on the college football level. And I think that point like a Norvell likes to build his team up I also think he can temper it a little bit and I think he will go above and beyond saying y'all better not pay attention you you weren't we didn't want you paying attention when they all told you how bad you were we don't want you paying attention when they tell you how great you are either Mm. because none of it matters it only matters what you're doing right now because and then he brings up the Cheez-It line y'all all all y'all got is some box of Cheez-Its that you know that's all you've won like there's so much more you guys can accomplish. Don't rest on this. You haven't won anything. You're, you're, a, you're, you're getting ranked high in polls nine months before the season starts. It means nothing. I think Norvell will attack it like that. I think he absolutely will. Um, I, you know, look man, Norvell's never had a season like this. I mean, he had really good Memphis teams for sure. That's why he's at Florida State, but they were never preseason fifth. Mm-hmm. Like nobody was ever talking about Memphis in January before, a, you know, nine months before a season started. Um, so he you know this is the first time he's had a team like this so it'll be interesting to see how he handles it but I think that will be the overriding message is y'all haven't accomplished anything you didn't we didn't want you paying attention when they were when they were saying you were the worst team in power five we don't want you paying attention now that they think you're one of the top five best teams in power five like our best teams in the country like it, the next nine months are all about us and not about what people expect so you know that kind of thing yeah uh, but but listen, I, I don't know how they'll handle it. That's a really good – that's the that's the big question. How will they handle it?
1: He's talking about the examples over the years of it not being done well. Um, I was talking about here or just around the country. But, yeah, I mean, like, listen, Jared Verse, fame and love it, uh, coming back for a reason. Jordan Travis coming back for a reason. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be so focused on that that, you know, and they've bought into this this whole 1% better every single day is just an opportunity to get better. It doesn't matter who they're playing, like all these sort of – cliches that sound terrible if or, as a writer writing them down or as a video guy trying to pick out a sound bite man they live and breathe it so it's it's hard to imagine I can't imagine what's going to happen here in the off season at least like maybe once adversity hits them in the season and they do lose a game something creeps in there but I think they will be so focused and largely what you talked about Corey. at least they went 10 and three cool cool yeah but like I mean
0: you haven't arrived yeah so you haven't arrived at Florida State you don't arrive by winning a bowl game on December 29th that's not that that's not the standard around here um so you do think that you do hope there's a hunger there and there really should be but you, i mean look you just don't know until you until we see it because you want them to be confident too you don't want them to be all jittery going into the lsu game like oh god there's so much you, you you want them to walk onto the field thinking they're the baddest team in the country um but at the same time the, the next nine months are really important in that you, you've got to prepare for it and you've got to work really hard at it um, and keep that up because again if you improve like you did from 2021 to 2022, if you make that same sort of improvement from 22 to 23 and have that same kind of work ethic that they clearly had in belief, yeah, man, they, they, you, there's championships to be won, at least at ACC when you can go compete for. But right now you haven't done squat. You won 10 games, which we're all excited about. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I think that's uh you just, you wonder about like, because they all got these NIL deals to come back and they, so many of them did anyway. And they have been told how great they are. And a lot of these guys have never been told that in their college careers. Most of them haven't, who has? Um, So they're all, it's all a different mindset now. Instead of being uh, a team wanting to prove everybody wrong, now you're a team trying to prove everybody right. Mm. And that can be a different mindset. But I just, I I trust this coach and this coaching staff and these players, quite frankly, because they're all adults. They're all, most of them are older dudes to understand what matters and what doesn't and be mature about it
1: well said all right that, that is a funny. wrap for us uh we'll do a show for you folks on monday we'll try to do three of these at least at minimum as we like to say a jeff cameron show coming up one to three o'clock stay connected to warchant.com lots of uh, recruiting news going on with several visitors on campus michael langston will be posted out front the Moore Center as these players come and go so stay connected to warchant.com to find out what's going on with all these recruits. For Corey I'm Aslan thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chan, presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.